You're listening to the Bizarro World of Sports, a Scarlet Rhapsody podcast. Baseball, 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 baseball. Let's go, Dodger baseball. We're number two. Hey, welcome to the uh, the sports show. I'm Jared, back together with the original team. Yes, Miguel and Stan. After his long, long absence. Seriously, like I cannot tell you how excited I'm back to be here. Um, even though we're kind of separated, but hey, thanks to the technology known as Skype, we're back! Yep. And yeah. Considering we're not starting season three. Hey, it's good times had by all. We got baseball, we got college football, we got uh, soccer Wait, starting soon. Football, what? <laughs> Our college football, college basketball. College football. College football already started. It starts early this year. Did you guys find out about that? Yeah, but college football, this, this year we get uh, the, the new tournament, which is probably going to happen in, I don't know, end of the year, so. Well, we'll worry about that when we get there. But yes, we have baseball. We got uh, the NCAA finals. We got, well, finals are over, but whatever. And we have a lot of other little things going on. So it's, it's been a busy couple of weeks in the sports world. Exactly. Oh, crazy. Baseball season fun. But, yeah, we can we a few things, but uh, I know, Stan, there's something that was kind of near and dear to your heart and to mine. Part of our childhood died this week, and figured you could do the honors. Oh, my God. Okay, so, Jim Helwig, a.k.a. Ultimate Warrior, passed away last night at the age of 54. And it's still shocking because of how it happened. And by how it happened, I mean it just suddenly happened, out of nowhere, bam! And he just apparently has what seems to be like a heart attack and just passed away right there. Yeah. Uh, not right there, but at the hospital. So, it caught everyone by surprise. No one was prepared for this. And you're talking about a guy that was at Monday Night Raw giving his speech, and the night before that, he was inducted, inducted into the whole thing. So you can imagine this this befuddling turn of event just catching everyone by their tails and yanking it hard. Yeah, what blew us away, or most fans that is to say away, is that you you just had this. He just made his first big appearance on uh, in, in any kind of a WWE event for well, the first time in over a decade at least. Probably 15 years, 16 years by now. Probably more than that. Roughly, yeah. Um, and so you get to see him get his uh, Hall of Fame. You know, he does a little cameo at WrestleMania. He does his little cameo on Raw. He seems healthy. He seems fine. Uh, the weird thing is, we took a picture of what he looks like now and a picture of what he looked like in the like mid ninety, like the ninety two, ninety three era version of him, and told me they were the same person. I would tell you that you were lying because they look almost nothing alike. 
He is he's he's aged into the most interesting man in the world. It is awesome. Well, you can say the same about Machman Randy Savage. Yeah, I can't believe we're bringing him into this. Well, he's also a, a long dead yeah, part of our childhood. Way, you know, the way he aged is really interesting too. Like you go from like Machman Randy Savage, oh yeah, to like a Macho Santa Randy Savage, Merry Christmas, oh yeah. It's true, but he was still awesome. He was. He was. The only person who refuses to age is like uh, is like Hulk Hogan, whose skin is made out of leather, so he can no longer age. Yeah. And then I'm fairly certain he's he's wearing he's he's either wearing like some sort of wig now or got like hair implants or something because there's no way he could have that color of hair um, at his age. There, there's something weird about his hair. There, there's some uncanny valley. I don't know if it's added in digital. Like he actually just walks out like bald and then they digitally add the bandana and hair or what they do, but like or, or something weird about that guy. Or he's a mutant and that's his mutant power. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde hair that never changes from this unearthly yellow. <laughs> but uh, going back, you know, like I said, he he aged into the most interesting man in the world. His the little clip that you can find out online of uh, his appearance on Raw. You know, he does the whole, like, I'm the warrior, you're the warrior, you know, we're all warriors. You know, he does his headbang thing. Seems, he's slower, he's not, like, as energetic as he was when he was, like, in his, you know, mid-20s and 30s and stuff when he was in the prime. But, you know, he had his energy, he seemed to be in a good mood. <clears throat> and my biggest fear last night when I heard the news was, oh gosh, oh gosh, don't tell me it was suicide. Don't tell me that he, like, had this little moment of, like, walking back and then just like lost it and killed himself. Like, please don't tell me, just as long as it's not suicide, I can't handle another suicide in my life this year. And then it was like, he was walking down the street of his family and just, and I'm like, oh, that's like kind of worse. Cause like his whole family was just with him and like, oh. It's still awful, you know? It's sudden, too, is the weird thing. It's not one of those, like, oh, we hadn't referenced him in years, other than, you know, a few jokes on the internet or something, and then he died, you know, like, well, you know, it happens. Instead, it's like, hey, I was just on TV. Thump. And you're just like, whoa, too soon, dude. Could you have, like, given yourself a couple years more? He was in his 50s, for God's sake. Oh, look, I mean, I've learned in my life that anything can happen uh you know i'm not gonna go into details but let's just say it's a part of the life experience so i it's still shocking but you know in the end sometimes it happens yeah it does yeah but yeah sadly uh don't mean to be in the episode of a bummer but it was just something that i think uh i think was worth mentioning mm -hmm. yeah so, so there's that on to better news miguel on to better news. Um, so uh, moving, moving on ahead uh, from this point. Uh, so we all filled out our, our brackets and we all ended up with perfect brackets. Only wish I forgot to turn it in to win that billion dollars though. Damn. <laughs> I didn't fill up anything. I kind of had a bad feeling about this year and it turns out I was right. Yeah, considering, uh, what was it? Uh, men's college basketball going to uh, a seven and eight seed, yep. being yep. the uh, <laughs> uh, in the semifinals. No, no, the seven and eight was the finals. That was the finals. Yeah. Seventh and eighth. 
it's really crazy to think about because like there are years where this happens, but everyone got their brackets to a certain point and then just tore it up and just walked off. Yeah. And That's it, exactly what happened to a lot of people. It seems like one of those ones where I would have put those answers as a joke because like no one will ever put UConn in the finals. You know, and then to find out, oh, I won. Sweet. No, which is weird because UConn has been winning, like, a few years ago. You know, back, like, a lot, actually, matter of fact. Well, I mean, look, everyone who's in the main, once you get to the uh, the, the 64 stage, when everyone's in the uh, elimination tournament, every one of those people has a chance to win. It's just, you know, what are what are the likelihoods? You know, a lot of people didn't have faith. Obviously, seven, seven seed and eight seed, you know, are not like all of them. All of them, really? Like even Big West? Come on now. I, yeah. They have a chance. They could have a lucky streak. You never know. Okay. Well, I'd love to see that happen, but you know, yeah, you know. Now, I know that well, uh, because of uh, because of this whole thing with you know seven and eight seed winning, there's uh, some talk going around saying you know college basketball should change the format to be a best of three or something. So that way the best team can come out on top. That's that's called being a sore loser. It's win or go home, and I stick with that. I love and the also, single elimination. Also, it takes forever. You know? yeah. The tournament itself already takes a long time. Yeah. You're talking about 64 teams, okay? Come on, no. And the thing is, two teams battle at, you know, four teams battle it out to get to the 62 to make the, to get the brackets pretty much even. Wait, no. Sorry, I apologize on that. It's, uh, I, I think it's 66 teams start, and then there's, uh, the last four wild cards that have to go into be in the final 62. Then from there, it, it goes, meshes its way down. Man, I'm tough, I'm the point being, every team has an has the potential of being the champion, and I would say anyone who says the whole oh, it should have been like a best of three stuff is just a sore loser. Like it's yeah. been this way for a while. It generally works well, and you know what? If you get bad luck on the court, you get bad luck on the court. You know that could be anything. Let's take a look at the Super Bowl and the insane score difference there. You know, oh, yeah. sometimes you have a terrible game. Sometimes that can be the Super Bowl. And that was for Bron the Broncos this year. Yeah, so everyone has a terrible game every once in a while, and if you lose, you lose, you know, it's, it's, it happens. And that's the fun part about these kind of tournaments where, you know, if you're really paying attention to it, like, yeah, if you're betting on it, it can make you really angry or sad, but if you're a regular person just watching it from just a, an outsider view like me, because I'm not huge into this, I always take a look at the brackets every once in a while and go, oh, oh well, who'd have guessed that, you know, when based on certain wins. Thankfully, thankfully, this year, this NCAA final tournament, I should say, it wasn't a blowout. It was actually kind of close. Yeah. That is true. A whole bunch of uh, games just coming down to the final seconds. Kentucky, I believe, in the, uh, in the eighth part portion, uh, they had that last-minute three-pointer that, that, you know, won the game for them. And that always makes things way more exciting. You know, you, you want to see those, like, last-minute scores that win the game. Yeah, well... And that goes to any sport, honestly. 
But this time, though, the last minute goal, uh, no, nothing like that happened. I mean, no. I mean UConn was UConn in, in that in that uh, final tournament. Uh, UConn was had helped the lead the entire game. They did not once give it up. No. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that Kentucky was getting just decimated in the first quarter, first half. They were just getting tossed around left and right. Yeah, and I, I believe UConn had a 25-point first quarter while Kentucky only had like four points or something. Ouch. They got, yeah, they got destroyed. But, but then Calipari actually changed the gameplay. Like he changed the zone, zone defense and that actually kind of worked. Only problem is that's the least of their problem now. Okay, they changed the game plan, it worked fine. But the biggest issue and the final dagger in this game is that Kentucky missed 11 of their free throw. And let me- It's just the, pathetic. This, yeah, let me remind the listeners what the final score was. 60 to 54. So had they made made those 11 free throws. Can you just imagine? They better win. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things of like, you don't know if that was the pressure getting to them, or... Oh no, they got outplayed. They got out... Well, I meant it's the free throws. You know, it's the, you know, screwing that up is one of those like, really guys? Yeah. For everything else, if it wasn't for those free throws, as Stan said, you know, they got outplayed, you know? They did, otherwise, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's the, and that's the men's bracket there, going out with low seeds that no one expected. Uh, moving on to the women's side of things, we had uh, two top-ranked schools undefeated, uh, which was uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and uh, UConn. Dude, UConn just dominating in basketball this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying, the women's side, those two teams were undefeated the regular season, and of course, going into the tournament, undefeated up to that final game. That's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's women's basketball, so it doesn't you know, really count, but it's still kind of cool to just know that you had these teams that were just trouncing everyone, and that you got to be get this cool showdown between the two to really determine who really is the best team. Yeah. So two undefeated teams walk out, one stays undefeated. Which, in turn, and and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys and to our listeners out there, I would not have mentioned anything at all with women's college basketball if for the only reason is that UConn won both men and women's championships. So that, that, that's all I got, really. All right. Stan, Jared, would you guys have paid attention to the women's champion if it wasn't UConn or if you the UConn women's I, I didn't know they had a women's championship basketball uh, NCAA tournament. I didn't even watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't I didn't either until this year with this coincidence. Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. To, I mean, if you're going to UConn, it's got to be kind of a cool celebration you got going down. But it's really weird that you get something like that actually happening. I wonder how often that's actually happened. 
you know, that's something to investigate. I'll probably look into it and um, say it next show because I kind of don't want to spend time looking into it right now. Well, moving on to other sports, what else we got going on right now? Uh... Well, seeing that it's already early April, and about this time last year, we were talking about, the, well, not last year, but what our you know, old season of the show also came into back, be the, um, the NFL draft. But unfortunately, the, this year's draft has been postponed to next month. A May draft. Huh. Yep. All right. Hey. I don't know why. On the good news, though, is all the uh, college prospects already had their pro day. And hearing uh, Johnny Manziel has been uh, in talks with uh, the Jaguars and the big thing that he may be going to, I hear this rumor, is an Oakland Raider. Hmm. You know, the funny thing is that, I don't know, I'm probably going to talk about this later, too, uh, but... I actually have Johnny Menzel going to Oakland Raiders in my mock draft. Oh, really? Yeah. It makes sense because Raiders need quarterback. They yes, they don't do. Have, yeah, they don't have anyone right now. Uh, oh, God. There are two quarterbacks last year. God, I'm already, I'm already um, forgetting their name, but one of them is really like... They really need quarterback badly. I know they just got in Matt Schaub, but Schaub is not the long-term answer. He's there to groom their next quarterback. Could be Menzel or whoever they decide. Yeah, it would be a smart move for them to get that because, well, that's a team that constantly has problems, so they could use any help they can get. Yep. That's kind of sad. I actually almost feel bad for them. Like, I, I, as a Chargers fan, I, I know it's my obligation to kind of smack talk them, but in recent years, like, considering how they turned out, I almost feel bad. Yeah? Almost. 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 You know what? I wouldn't dislike the Raiders as much if their fans weren't jerks. I agree. Like, yeah, I think it's the fans that really like ruin that team, because I'm like, you know what? I, I, I mean, yes, there's the San Francisco-Oakland rivalry, because there's just that with every sport. Well, that is to say baseball and football. But, uh, you know, normally, other than that, I'd like, I'd have no ill will towards the team if their fans weren't, like, running around trying to be all, you know, thuggish and, you know, just generally being rowdy jerks. Yeah. Well, I, I can say this, though. I mean, picking Johnny Menzel would be a good start to possibly reverse the the losing streak or so to say because this guy wants to win you yeah know, he does his, his demeanor from the from the bench and all the way up to the game you know, he wants to win badly because last year's um yeah what's the team texas tech uh, mm-hmm. they they had a really bad defense so johnny had to really pick up a lot of slack tends to be the case in those times, but it makes it more difficult to win when you don't have a good defense. Yep. It's always like to say, your defense usually wins the games a lot of the times, too. Yeah, but yeah. in any case, I think um, Johnny going to Raiders would be a good fit. I mean, it just brings that winner winning mentality, and you know, yeah. just he also makes the play on like just oh what's the term i'm looking for is improv yeah he has an improvisational skill and can also be a bit of a double-edged sword because he 
sometimes the do tend to throw wildly. That's not good. something out of nothing. Yeah. Hail Marys and stuff like that. Not Hail Mary, just scramble to the side and then ho- toss and hopefully somebody catches it kind of deal. Hmm. But, and also there's that whole red flag about him being a party kind of guy, you know. I mean, that, that, that's like college. That's, that's college, yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. I, mean, I don't hold that against anyone. And look, I don't think, it, look, there's a ton of athletes uh, in the professional world, not just football, but in a lot of different sports, who do fall in that category of... They party a little too hard, but as long as they keep, you know, their performance on the field to a standard, then it'll be fine. That tends yeah, to be yeah. the case, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it'd be fine if them going to the Raiders, and it might be what they need. They need some young blood that they can kind of groom into an actual player, so then maybe if they can get the rest of their team kind of straightened up, you could actually have them be something more than the punchline of... You know the uh, the league. Now, there's two ways I can well proceed if we're done with the Menzel talk here. Yeah, go ahead. All all leading into this, uh, I go two way talking about uh, jerks. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk. talking about jerks. You know uh, about that. We have. Um, Michael Vick, who was a big jerk to dogs, but then again, it's already in his past, going from the Eagles to the Jets and dumping, uh, what's his name, uh, Mark Sanchez. Then Mark Sanchez getting picked up by the Eagles. Yeah, the weird flip-flop with the two of them. We were talking about that last episode as well. Mm-hmm. And just the whole, like, it makes things work out pretty well because I don't like either team. And now I still have no excuse to like either team, so I can continue to dislike the Jets and the Eagles. Yep. And I know we talked about it last, but we didn't have Stan with us on here to have his thoughts with this as well. Alright. So, yeah. So, okay, so as far as a big going to Jets, yeah, it, and then Sanchez, pretty much it's a trade, but not really a trade. Yeah, it didn't but happen Jets, like a trade, it just ended up yeah. with the result of a trade. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So. Here's what's happening with Jets now. Geno Smith gets a competition, a really competent competition. The thing about Vic is that he's getting old, yeah, but he can still play quarterback. It's totally always been. It's always been a matter of him staying healthy. That's always been the issue. Yeah, we've... I think. Well, we got Michael Vick transforming into Robocop. Yeah, right. You know, I think it, we're not that far up there, but. But this gives Geno Smith a competition. Now Geno has to really watch his back and try to take the number one job. Nothing right now is set in Jets. Not right now anyways. So they got Jets got that. Uh, Eagles have a competent backup. Uh, you talk, you can talk, we can talk smack about Mark Sanchez all you want, but you, can't, you have to admit, he was not in a good position when he was playing during, like, his years in Jets. Yeah, but the Jets... He, he didn't have a yeah. lot of weapons. Yeah, the Jets, would, you know, was, it was a whole, more of a whole team issue than him. I don't right. really like Mark Sanchez, I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but if he has competent, you know, running backs, if he has some competent defense, you know, it would... It would, well, Eagles' incompetent defense is kind of an oxymoron, but you know, if he has some decent linemen, he might be able to do pretty well. Yeah. So, 
Eagles get a competent backup. That's all I see. This is still Nick Foles' team. Yeah, that's likely. Yeah. So it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I, I hate to interrupt uh, our talk here, but I got an important call coming in. Do uh, you guys want a break for right now? And then we'll resume when I get back. Yeah, we can take a quick break. What do we got next on the docket, guys? So anyway, I wanted to continue our football talk before okay. we uh, have to take that call, but uh, going on with more Eagles news, it was great because this all leads up to any way I went, it all would led up to each other. But going on with Eagles news, um, recently, recently released Deshaun Jackson from the Eagles, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Wait, 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 Washington Redskins. I'm sorry. Jeez Louise. Why did I Come on, that? racist, getting all your, like, Indian themed teams wrong? Uh, I guess I didn't say the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> but anyways, um, let's go, let's go ahead and uh, go continue with the uh, Washington Redskins uh, acquisition of Deshaun Jackson. Um, the whole reason of this happening is because of uh, supposed gang affiliations by Jackson. And I hear that the things that um, that the team that his connections are with the uh, LA Crips. Okay. This is all stuff that I'm just catching from the stuff that I've caught online. You know, whether it's true or not, it's not my business. I don't really care. We're not in the business of you know poking and prodding this stuff. This is more about what's going on. But um, whether it's true or not, not my deal. But um, to go on, Stan, sorry for interrupting, but thoughts? Okay, look, he's from, he's from the LA area, like the shady part of LA. And when you're in that particular side of town, whether you're affiliated with the gang or not, it doesn't matter, because you are bound to know someone that's affiliated with the gang, even if you're not in the gang. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. That, that is very true. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And that's just it. And okay, we don't know why they released uh, Deshaun Jackson. And the thing is, it's not just a gang thing, but but Deshaun Jackson has been known to be late to the meeting, and he's been asking for contract extension, some, you know, for bigger money. See, I think that's where it is right there. Because I'm sitting there going, like, you know what? There's been other other football players who've gotten in trouble for DUI or hit and run or any number of other, like, crimes, you know, say dogfighting. And then they go back to their team like it's no big deal. You know, if someone's a talented enough player, they will overlook criminal behavior. And I can't imagine that he was running around, you know, like, shooting other people or selling drugs or anything. You know, any other gang-related, you know, graffitiing and stuff. I can't imagine he was doing any of that kind of thing because I think that would have been plastered all over the news. But I feel like this is one of those weird scapegoat things where someone said something about that, but 
odds are it's like kind of what Stan was saying, you know, that he was kind of being a pain in the ass, and they're like, we don't want to deal with you. Yeah, and it also shows that they have more faith in Chip Kelly, their head coach right now, because right now their wide receiver court is only Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper, notably. So. And well, here's hoping that the Eagles can pick up some more wide receivers. Well, definitely wide receivers are pretty deep in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. But to go on with the with this uh with, with the story though here is uh signing with the Redskins means means that he'll be playing against the Eagles what two times? Yeah. In division. Same division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be part ways that they're you know you know that's why he signed with with the Redskins to. No, it could all it's just not be a, money. It's it's money. It's always a money thing, though. I, I assure you, no athlete joins another team out of a vendetta to their team they left. Um, I mean, I'm sure it has happened, but I think most of them don't do that. Uh, which is apparent with baseball and, you know... Well, it's one of those no. things, if you talk to... You ever hear athletes interviewed? Most of the times, they don't really know about the technical stuff on their sports. <laughs> You know, I, I don't even know if they know who's on their schedule unless they actually look at the schedule. Um, so to go on to with the, to keep continuing with this, um, so it's not, not that too big following with the Redskins and stuff. Um, Stan, what do you think uh, the acquisition of Jackson to the Redskins uh, with the, with um, uh, Robert Griffin III as quarterback, how do you think makes that team look? It makes them look freaking amazing, is what it is. Robert RG3 now has two great wide receivers in his disposal, being Deshaun Jackson, one of them now, and Pierre Garçon, who's been the leading receiver in that team last year. So, now you add Jordan Reed, who is who has been a phenomenal rookie tight end for them up until he got the concussion, and he still they still have Alfred Morris, so you got some complete package in terms of offense now. You, you do, but I, I think my, my general disagreement is, and, and the one thing the last two years have kind of shown in RG's career is, dude gets hit a lot. <laughs> he needs some protectors there on the offensive side of things because... Well, that's, what the, well, that's what the draft is for. It yeah. is what the draft's for, but yeah, you're right. He has some more weapons in his arsenal, and I think it'll pay off because he's a, he's a good quarterback in and of himself, and... Even with you know some mediocre uh, receivers, he still did really well. But he needs he needs that protection because that became this problem in his yeah. rookie year. It became a problem last year too. Okay, okay. So there's gonna be three parter. Okay, so bear with me. Okay. All right. Bear with me. Okay. First thing first, R three is smart, and I'm putting this out there because of part two. Their new head coach, Jay Gruden, focuses more on pocket presence. Like he wants R three to be. 80% pocket passer. That's what Jay Gruden did with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati Bengals to be the pocket passer. That's true. And I, yeah, so I think RG3 can hope, hopefully muster up what Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden's system, you know, what he brings to this new team. Okay. Now, the third part is referring to the draft, as we said, as I just said, like, you know, that's what the draft is for. 
uh, Redskins don't have first round draft pick, but they still have second round. Or was it third? I forgot. Well, but they still. I, I think they can get some good offensive tackle in the second or third round. Oh, easily. Those guys don't get all sucked up in the first round. The first round usually goes to quarterbacks, receivers, um, place kickers, not place kickers. Though I think that'd be hilarious. I'd love to see the team that's like, well, in our first round, we want a place kicker. <laughs> well, really, I think you forgot the fact that last year's number one overall draft pick was an offensive tackle, Eric Fisher. Oh, that's true. Why wasn't it? Shoot. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah. But they should still be able to find at least a couple offensive tackles who will at least be able to keep RG on his feet. Um, and as, as for him adjusting to the strategy, I think he can. I think he's versatile enough to be able to switch. He doesn't seem like he's one of these guys who's been... You get one of those quarterbacks who's been playing for 10 years, they're really stuck in their ways. That guy's probably not going to change too much, no matter what a quarterback's, uh, coach says. rather. He's still young in his career. I think he's... I think he'll listen. He doesn't seem like the kind of arrogant guy who's like, I know better than you, coach. Because he'd be an idiot if he said that. And he doesn't seem that stupid. Uh, let's hope not. Yeah. Although he's, take, he's taking a couple good hits to the head, so who knows at this point. Uh, but yes, let's hope that he listens. And you know what? It, it could be a really good year for the uh, for Redskins. Interesting to see how that's going to turn out. Well, considering that the Redskins are also part of the uh, Cowboys division, so I don't know how much you love them, Jared. Well, yeah, rivalry. Well, not just that, but Cowboys have been going nowhere. Uh, For a while. Giants been, Giants been kind of regressing. I think they're in the, I hate to think rebuilding, but they might be getting there. So I that leaves Eagles and Redskins. I think it's time right there, too. I mean, it's noticeable... When it comes to sports teams that you've seen being topped and all of a sudden, you know, becoming less than what they were in their glory days, uh, you know, Cowboys, for one, Eagles are, well, Eagles are, Eagles aren't, aren't all that bad off, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that Giants gone off with them. Um, the Giants had a harsh crash. Your, 40, your 49ers, Jerry, you know, they, they had their time. They're, they're already, um, they're getting, they're finishing up their rebuilding year, building years. So they're going to be a top team soon. I could What are you talking about? We went to the Super Bowl two years ago. And we did pretty darn well this year too. Her. Yeah, but you still have a little bit more to to build upon. No, we still have the same problem we've had for like the last three years. We don't have a quarterback. Um, is is our current problem? Um, uh, how it is? Uh, with Stan, with your Chargers, um. They're they're slowly going into rebuilding. They're topping out, I think. I think. Uh, I you am, can go first, Tim. Uh, no, because I'm gonna. Oh no, because here's the thing. I'm gonna repeat this again. Is that Tom Telesco, our general manager, would never use the term rebuilding. That's that's always been his thing. Is that like he always goes into each season like with a possible like wants to win, you know? And it's that's what you need to do. Year. In football. Yeah. Not so much in baseball, but definitely in football. So, I don't see it as rebuilding. Uh, it's just, I think it's more, uh, eh, well, it's another season. Let's go at it, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that uh, 
the Chargers are going to need a little more time, I think, before they're going to be playoff yeah, bound. I'm, I'm thinking three years. That sounds about right. But considering, you know, what happened last year and considering what their possibilities are for this year versus, you know, uh, two years ago, yeah, that uh, they, they've made huge strides, and I, th- I think they'll be a much more respectable team this year. Yep. I would certainly hope so, but we still have a lot of glaring holes, and I wish that I could say that the, some a lot of those holes were addressed during the free agency, if not through A.J. Smith and his money-wasting ways a couple of years ago. Thanks, yeah. A.J. Yeah. <laughs> But at least it alienated a lot of fans and pissed a lot of them off. So, I mean, you know, at least there was that. Yeah, yeah. But, anyways. So, yeah, well, at least you guys have uh, the draft to look forward to, I guess. Oh, man. Um, by the way, speaking of draft, are we going to talk about number one overall pick? That's just nobody knows who they're going to pick. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess we could wait to do a draft-centric episode before the draft. Okay, that that works for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so we can do what we did our first uh, pre-draft episode where we did uh, scouting reports on uh, top five players for each. Uh, Cause I, okay, because I got my uh, mock draft all set. Cool. Of course, Mr. Fantasy uh, has his mock draft already set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure half of these mock drafts will be shot down, um, as per usual. Yeah, but it's it, it's always a crapshoot as to what teams are going to pick. It really seems strange sometimes when you look at some of the choices, and sometimes it's like, yes, perfect, that's what you need. You know, it, you're going to see me there on the sideline going like, okay, so Niners, you're going to go for some defensive guys, right? Another receiver? All right, that's good too, I guess. Okay, he's a backup receiver. Defense would be nice. Quarterback, but you're not going to replace your quarterback. You're going to stick with Kaepernick because at least okay, he's got him on contract. If any solace, if any solace, at least you're not Cowboys fan. Because you will never know what you're going to get. Yeah, that that is the Russian roulette of drafts. Considering I hear rumors that the Cowboys are going to be willing to trade up to get in the for the draft. No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's definitely one of those things where when you're looking at, at the standings of everyone and everything, and you're like, certain teams where you're like, you always go for extra offensive people when what you need is the defense. You know, it's like Arizona. If you're in Arizona right now, you got to go and say, Defense. Just get us defense, dudes. We need more defense. We need to actually prevent our opponents from earning points. Yeah. But here's a big question. What do you think uh, Denver's going to do, you know, considering their massive crushing defeat? Ooh. That's... I'm sorry, could you repeat, could you repeat the question? Uh, who do you think Denver's going to go for after, since they've had their crushing defeat? In terms of draft? Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm thinking more positions, not players. Okay, I think they're gonna go defensive because they, because uh, I think they're gonna still go defensive in my mind because I know they went out and got a lot of players, a lot more than they should have, but they just went all in for this season. So I think they're gonna go for defensive guys first. I thought, like maybe defensive end, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking that too because I'm like, you know what? Their their offensive lineup has been really good, and uh, Manning Manning's basically formed them into a pretty functional unit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that defense that again is you know to a couple of those teams. I'm like, hey, your offense is great. If you guys could just prevent your opponents from outscoring you, it would work really well. And that's why John Elway, just as soon as the free agency began, immediately went after safety, cornerback, and yeah, defensive. Just basically just screwed up that defense. It's scary. Yeah, I'm actually kind of interested to see how Denver's going to do this year. It's really sink or swim this year for them. Yeah. Because next year, like I'm talking 2015 season, mm-hmm. they're going to get hit hardcore with the cap, cap penalties. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So for John Elway, it's this season or never. Yeah, because probably going to have to... Whew. Be interesting to see how 2015 turns out, actually, just based on, you know, things like that. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sacrifices all have to get made. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, any other questions you got in mind? That was the one thing I was kind of looking at, like some of their, our, uh, you know, playoff teams and seeing what would happen next year, you know. Um, honestly, I think I think Seattle's pretty strong as, as they are. I, don't even know what I'd even use to augment Seattle at this point. Well, Seattle could probably use a few more offensive pieces. Like, they desperately need, desperately need tight end. Like, really catching tight end. Yeah, you might be right on that one. I, I was thinking... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking offensive. I just wasn't quite sure what specifically would be the big help on their offensive team at this point. Because... Because their defense is just insane. Yeah. And just interception, just magical interception hands. Well, they could also use a depth at the defensive tackle. They just lost Red Brian to the free agency, so... How did they? Yeah. Okay, well then, yeah, defensive tackle wouldn't be such a bad idea either. But I really do... I'm, I'm leaning towards needing a few more little offensive pieces to just make them a really terrifying team. I mean, listen, um, pre-draft episode, I'll run down every pick that they could potentially make, but yeah, for Seattle Seahawks, it's going to be offensive, in my mind. And then the last of the uh, playoff teams from last year would be the uh, Patriots. They're not going to show up their defense. Like That defense is getting old, so they're going to add a lot of depth. Once again, I go back into saying uh, rebuilding, and Patriots is one of those teams that are going to be entering the rebuilding phase. Because I mean, Tom Brady can only go so far, and how well, you said, Stan, that defense is pretty old now. That was kind of the direction I was thinking: is maybe needing to get a new uh, someone from Tom Brady to start grooming over the next couple of years. There's um, one more. There's one more way they could go on about, and it's offensive tackle. Hmm. Yeah. Heck, that wasn't a bad idea either, actually. So, basically tackle in general. Yeah, a general tackle, uh, offense or defensive would be good. Um, I still think, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the best quarterback in the world. It just needs to be, if they can get a decent someone either this year or next year, they need to grab someone for Tom Brady to start training. Yeah. Not so much, okay, so... I just want to bring this up since you said the playoff and then you mentioned Patriots. Let's do, uh, you talk about the other side of that, NFC side. Your beloved Niners need cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my general thing on uh, needing some of our defense stuff. But you're right. We also need a few little other pieces as well in there. Yeah. 
but mostly you guys seem cornerback because you lost Carlos Rogers to the you guys released flat out released Carlos Rogers so you guys yeah. need someone yeah yeah but I know my team well enough to just I'm just gonna know we're gonna look over it and it's gonna be wide receiver and I'm gonna want to just find who ever drafted that person and punch them in the face and go no we don't need that <laughs> you guys stop thinking of catching the damn ball I'm thinking of trying to like keep the ball in our possession for a while well, let's not forget the uh, other running the damn ball that was in the in last year's playoff. Um, you know, horseshoes, Colts. Horseshoes. Um, we 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 talk about Colts. I was yeah. Uh, well, wait, hold up. No, we didn't. Colts don't. Okay, here's the thing though. Colts don't have number one draft pick this year because they traded for Trent Richardson, and you can tell I am laughing hardcore because Trent Richardson sucks. Yeah. They gave up their... Why? Because they needed a running back. To get a running back is your draft pick. <laughs> well, here's the thing about the draft nowadays. Like, in recent years, like, maybe last year or two years ago even, they rarely pick running back as number one anymore. Uh, they, You think back to last year, the first running back taken was in second round. That's true. That's true. And one of them was Eddie Lacy in Green Bay Packers, and now he's their feature back. You know, that just goes <laughs> to show you that no one's willing to pick running back on number one round anymore. Right, but now it still seems like a dumb choice because that means they could have easily gotten one on like a second round or third round. Um, so I don't know why you would trade for someone who... Doesn't seem as valuable as getting someone who's fresh. I don't know. I don't know why either. But I, you know, it is what it is now. Yeah. So because of that particular um, trade, I should say, the the spot where Colts should be is actually occupied by Browns no, on number twenty six. Hmm. Yeah. So Browns at this point will likely go for the quarterback because they don't have quarterback. They yeah, only have Brian yeah. Hoyer. Beyond that, they don't have anyone. So, yeah, yeah I they're probably going for the quarterback. Again, we can always go in depth with our pre-draft show and get yeah. predictions and mock yeah. drafts. Speculation's fun, yeah. but you're right. We should probably move on to other subjects on our docket. Uh, hockey. Let's get let's get this going. We're getting into the heat of things. The playoffs are coming up soon. I just want to mention, because we don't really rarely talk about hockey all that much, uh, other than when the Kings won the, play, won the uh, Sir Stanley's Cup. Did you say Sir Stanley? Yep, so I want to read off uh, the teams that have clinched, which is pretty much the, the, the playoffs are already set in stone for every conference, for both conferences except the Western, but that should probably be taken care of in the next couple of days. But uh, Eastern Conference, uh, playoff teams look like this. Boston, Montreal, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Philadelphia, and those who won the, their respective uh, divisions. And then the wildcard teams are Columbus and the Red Wings. Yeah, that's a pretty decent lineup. That's the Eastern Conference. Western Conference, we have St. Louis, Colorado, Chicago, and all three California teams. <laughs> Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles. 
the ironic part about all this is that we don't have snow period, so... <laughs> yeah, but so, we have... But all, all three of our teams have been very, very strong at different points, you know, yeah. throughout history, or hockey history. And True. Uh, the card for the Western Conference, Minnesota is in it, and the second wildcard spot currently is occupied by the Dallas Stars. Which, well, we'll see how things go in the next couple of days. Maybe they might keep the top spot, or maybe they lose it out to three other teams that are in the hunt. Four other, well, pretty much every other team in the Western Conference is in the hunt. Phoenix, Nashville, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. They're all at least a game back from Dallas. Huh. Or it's always a tiebreaker between them. It makes things pretty pretty exciting for hockey fans right now. I know that out here in Boston we got a, the Bruins fans, you'll you'll see people wearing their stuff and they're getting all pumped up for it. The playoffs that is. So yeah, that's um that's our hockey news. I haven't really read up on anything else. Just playoffs and you know, we'll, yeah. we'll keep people updated on the playoffs as we go along. See uh, who makes it in or to the uh, as we move towards the finals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and um, another season that's coming to a close, the uh, NBA season coming to a close. And once again, I'm going to um, say about rebuilding years with great teams. The Lakers are starting to see that rebuilding year or years coming up. Considering where they're at, how, what the, the age of their players, two more years of Kobe, uh, it's... Um, it's up there. Well, yeah, and you can see their their uh, ranking, or their hmm, that's probably the wrong way to put it. But you've seen how their their performance has gone has declined in the last couple of years. You know, their their team's getting a little older, and Kobe's knees ain't getting any better. But yeah, we got the uh, we got we should be moving in towards the playoffs right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we just are. about. Uh, so I Clippers have been getting a little better, a little bit better every year. Uh, the Houston Rockets are in it. Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, Golden State Warriors, and the Portland Trailblazers. And that's our playoff picture if the season ended today and this was our playoffs going in. Hmm. Man, you know, if if the Clippers actually do good, the sheer amount of Fairweather fans will get jumping on board or probably run into the tens. It's it's really strange. Like the Clippers could probably win 
the entire NBA championship, and LA still wouldn't care. They'd just be like, oh, that's good for you. We're waiting for the Lakers to get good again. Exactly. It's really sad because I'm like, why are the Clippers so ignored? Like, you may as well just move them out of LA into any other town because they'd probably be really appreciated in any other town. It just LA doesn't care. And I just come up, just have a trifecta right there with hockey, basketball, and baseball. True. Well, they were in uh, San Diego for a while, and I think if they went back to San Diego, it'd make a lot of San Diegans happy. Well, the thing is, though, the uh, Clippers. The thing about okay, the thing about me and the Clippers is that I don't like their front office. I don't like their owners either. It's they just come off very egotistical at times, you know. I think yeah. the the Lakers aren't much better in that regard. Oh, not now, no, no. Like Jim Buss is terrible owner so far. But I think that's part of the whole L.A. thing. I think if, like, they went off to, say, trying to think of a state that could use a team. Um, let's say they go off to, like, gosh, I like how I'm trying to go through coastal cities. Like, coastal cities, can I put them on that actually work? Because, you know, Clipper's a boat. Um, let's send them off to, like, Savannah. They are, they are now in Savannah, Georgia, as the Savannah Clippers. Savannah would probably jump onto them and be like, Yay, we have our own little coastal team now. Huzzah! They'd probably treat them pretty good. I mean, if they're not already fans of Atlanta or fans of uh, one of the Florida, Florida teams. Uh, Atlanta Hawks? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'll work. And yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to turn away from it. That's probably not the best choice. But, uh, heck, you could move them to, like, some state that, like, you could move them to Nevada or something like that, or um, trying to think of other states that don't even have a team that would gladly take the Clippers and treat them well. I would say Virginia, but since Washington, D.C. is so close by. Yeah, I don't know who Virginians actually root for. I think it's the Washington Wizards. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, no, Oklahoma already has. They could move to Canada. They could be the Calgary Clippers. Huh. And uh, Canada might attempt to care. Toronto Raptors, Jared. Yeah, yeah, they have so much love up there, too. But look, no, no one in Calgary is rooting for a Toronto team. No one in, in Edmonton or Winnipeg is rooting for Toronto. I don't think even, I don't think even Toronto is rooting for Toronto. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I think that's, that's true, too. I mean, maybe people in Vancouver root for uh, the Supersonics or something, because they're, like, right across the river from each other. That is, say, Vancouver and Seattle. Um, but, you know, I think if the Clippers just left L.A. and went anywhere else, they'd be highly more appreciated. Because they, they deserve it. They're a good good team. Yes, their management has issues, but they're a good team that doesn't get the respect, and it's kind of sad to see that they don't. Well, at the very least, they can say that um, ESPN and all the other sports network loves us. That's true. They have that. Uh, yeah. uh, so, um, moving on. Let's get on to the uh, major talk right here. Baseball. Last, How about you guys? Last time I checked, and I, I might be behind on this, 
Last time I checked, Dodgers were number two, and Angels were tied for second in their division. Actually, we're um, number uh, four in our division. Oh, you were tied for second last time I checked with like two other teams. Yeah, that was um, a few days ago when the season started, when every other team was 0-1. Yeah. And Seattle was the only one that was 1-0. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that we were all tied for third place because Houston was actually in second place. Oh, okay. So you guys all slipped down to third place. Okay, my bad. Um, and then, yeah, we're, Dodgers are right behind the Giants, as per usual, honestly. Well, you're just a half game back, so. Yeah. And I think you guys beat the Giants in your opening series. Mm hmm. So, taking two games, two, two, two out of three from the Giants ain't bad. Yeah, you see these the poor, uh, poor, poor uh, douchebags like right there at the end of uh, our league. I just, just see those extra two losses because of what happened in um, in Australia, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah, but that was just losing the games in uh, in uh, to the Padres, huh? Yeah, but losing to the Padres is kind of like losing to insert other team that's usually the punchline team. You mean the Houston Astros? Yeah, if you want to just do that. I was going to go with other sports, but yes. Losing, uh, losing to the Padres is kind of like losing to the Astros. It's like, wow, you suck that much. To lose two games in a row to them? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the weird thing is, Padre fans really loyal to their... Ah! <coughs> uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, oh. I was saying that the Padres are, Padre fans are very loyal to their team. Yes, they are. But speaking of Angels, uh, your luck just got worse. Yeah, I know. We, we lost Josh Hamilton to a thumb injury from last night's game. Uh, on a plus side, though, I want to say we got J.B. Shuck called back up from Triple A. So hopefully he can get back out there on that outfield and uh, cause and get good play point and have a good batting average for us. Hamilton had struck with a very hot bat. He was batting uh, over 500 for a while. He's, I think he ended when he got out. He's now at a 444 with two home runs, 5.45 uh, on base percentage. And he's pretty damn good for the first week of the season, you know. And it sucks that we're going to be without him for, you know, six to eight weeks. But then again, we have to be, we, we got to be able to, to progress here. I know that the last several years, the Angels have had a horrible April, and it looks that we're having another horrible April this year with straight out of the bat losing the opening series, being swept in our opening series by the Mariners, which are hot right now, by the way. Yeah, I noticed um, that. They're, uh, they're number one in, your, uh, in their division. Yeah, they're in our same division. They're number one right now, too. They're number one, but the thing is, they're only a half game ahead of Oakland, so... Yeah. But the thing is, too, because I talk about American League and American League West, Oakland and Texas have been pretty banged up, too, losing a lot of their uh, starting players in spring training. Which is really odd, because usually that doesn't happen. I mean, injuries do happen in spring training, but you don't usually get, like, the numbers they're getting. But at the same time, you know, even though the uh, they lost 
closer to their starters, they're still pretty good. You know, being two and three, that's not bad. Yeah. And I just want to go, since, you know, the Angel game's going on right now, and I've been keeping tracks on it, we've actually got two um, two runs on the Mariners right now, so we're actually ahead and we're on the, the top of the fifth. <clears throat> well, actually, now the fifth has ended, so now we're going to the bottom of the fifth. But we're still winning, and the hope of... Bottom of the sixth? No, bottom of the fifth. All right, right, right. Sorry, I heard you wrong. So hopefully, you know, we can... You know, start putting a ding into that into that Seattle uh, loss column with this win, and start putting more Ws on our on ours. Um, so to to keep them rolling along, uh, from bad news to good news, uh, Mike Trout has been situated in you know as an angel for the next six years. All right. One hundred forty-four million dollar contract over the next six years. That'd keep me up a team too. And. Um, that's not bad. Uh, the thing is, the way that the contracts broke down, though, is um, this year they're only paying one million. Then it increases per year by what? Actually, when he's in his prime, when he's do playing his base, best baseball, he'll be getting paid like thirty million dollars a year. Wow. <laughs> so hopefully, by the time the six years are up, we can give him another contract. Because by then, we should be coming towards the end of the Pujols. Uh, Contract the end of the well, we should have the end of the Hamilton contract because we only signed them for five years. Uh, so hopefully we can have we can start setting aside a little more money to keep them as an angel. But who knows? Even if one had, he can dabble in free agency after these six years. But for right now, us Angels fans can stop worrying and stop, you know, thinking, oh, what are we going to do? You know, free agency is coming up for them. Not anymore. We're set for them for six years. Now it's time to focus on. On the game. Well, you know, it's like I was, I've been saying in some of our previous episodes, the Angels needed to do something about Trout because you know those Yankees right now are looking at their team going, we need to replace them with young guys. That Trout guy said he likes us. We get tons of monies now because we're going to start getting rid of some of our older players. And not only that, saving like $60 million on um, Alex Rodriguez's contract since he's suspended for the season. Yeah. I mean, you well, you know the Yankees are hungry, and they're gonna. In, anytime they have the opportunity, they'll start nabbing, you know, players who will be able to help them build a uh, a long term team again because that's what the Yankees do. Yeah, and not only that. I mean, come on. Uh, I just want to go. Well, I don't mention this in prior episodes, but the captain Derek Jeter is retiring. This is his final year, so he's doing his uh, tour of duty, as it were, to his to final visit to the stadiums. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if the Dodgers will be playing the Yankees this year. I haven't looked at the uh, schedule for the Dodgers yet. But uh, the Angels will be hosting the Yankees starting May 5th for a three-game series <coughs> against them. So hopefully, you know. Someone give me some birthday tickets. I'll watch the Angels beat the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that's most Angel news that I got so far. Um I'm gonna stay positive. I mean, yeah, we're having a horrible spring, but you know what? We're five and three right now, and hopefully, if the game continues going our way, we'll be four and five by the end of the night and continuing. Remember, this is a 162 game season. It's long. Most people complain that the game's too long, too boring. You know what? This is perfect for me. I love this game. It can add add another 38 games to the docket. I'll watch all 200 games. 
I like how, how I'm on the other side going like, you know, do you guys get lowered down to an even 150? That'd be kind of nice. <laughs> uh, or rather, just do what I always wanted. Get rid of interleague play. I'm still anti-interleague play. I, I know it's been around for years. It's not going anywhere. I don't care. I'm, I'm old school that way. Get rid of the well, interleague play. Also, well, also, I want to also mention, too, that there's also the, uh, the, the movement. I, I, I'm still not part of this movement. I can see why they would want to, but institute the designated hitter for the National League. I'd be fine um, with that. Yeah, I, I would be okay with that, but again, it's the whole point where I guess I'm, I guess I'm old school baseball, where it's like National League is, is you know, the pitcher has to bat, and American League, you know what? Screw it, because then at that point you you don't have pitchers uh, really, you don't you don't have players not you know playing on the field with that DH. Then you'll have seriously just designated hitters or well, the whole thing. All they got to do is hit for power and not. Play. Just be bench warmers up until they have to get up to bat. Right, but I think it'd be better to have pitchers not, you know, to actually have more time to rest between innings than do, oh crap, now I'm up on the lineup and I got to go hit now. You know, get rid of that, get rid of that stress, let them just kind of put their arm in a bucket of ice and let them, you know, you know, when the next inning comes, when, it, when their turn is up to pitch, then they can go up and pitch. I think it's just better just for the, the physical health or at least for the muscles of the pitchers to have the designated hitter. And yeah, I know, I, I follow a National League team and I should be sitting there going, no, we need to keep tradition. I just think for, for health reasons, I think it's a better idea. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't, I don't care if that makes you sound hypocritical, not wanting interleague play, but yet at the same time <laughs> wanting designated hitters. There's a difference. Interleague play doesn't affect the health of players. It's just an excuse to see matchups that would normally be a, a, a playoff, not playoff, um, like a series matchup or something like that, or would be an exhibition game, and to see those as part of the main season. And while, yes, it's nice to see, you know, certain matchups, or like Dodgers Angels, for example, I was fine enough when those are spring training games. Yep. So, uh, to continue on here, um, I just want to go one more stint with the Angels, but right now, Angels have a uh, have the second best road trip in the West. Actually, they have they have the second best road record in the uh, in the West right now. Huh. And if they uh, win tonight, they'll be tied for the bet for the best record in the West with Seattle at road being four and two. If the Angels happen to pull off a victory today. But on the downside, we do own the worst home record. Which is really odd. Yeah. Angels tend to do really good when they're home. Uh, yeah. Things change, though. I guess it's an excuse for me to go to a couple Angel games. Anytime I go to an Angel game, they always win. It's really weird. But then again, also, the Dodgers, I want to say, though, your Dodgers have the second best uh, road record in the league. Second to uh, Milwaukee. Who have the best record in the league. Yeah, but I mean, it helps that we had a couple of gimmies from uh, Arizona, so. But, uh, but you guys are uh, split on home records, two and two. Yeah, well, not a huge surprise. So uh, going on, moving on forward with Dodger talk, uh, 
That's also bad news going on on your end, too. Um, mm-hmm. Kershaw has been put on the 15-day disabled list. Yeah, yeah, I saw that a couple uh, when that was announced. I was like, oh, yeah, of course he is. But, you know, you know, go to last year when, um, God, what, we had, like, three injuries in a row in, uh, was it in April or May when we had, like, those three injuries in a row? I think it might have been in May. So having like these early injuries isn't a huge surprise for me. It's just rough when it's, you know, someone who's a a vital part of the team. Mm -hmm. I just want to also keep you updated with the Dodger game going on right now too, Jared. I don't know if you've been keeping tabs, but they're playing against Detroit right now. Top of the fourth and they are down five to three. Jeez. Uh, No, I haven't been watching the game because I've been doing this whole podcast thing with you guys. Yeah, uh, so that's that with uh, that part. Uh, to continue on with uh, Dodger talk, I want to mention some more stuff with uh, Puig. I know we talked about it a little bit last episode. Uh, this episode, we ended up. Uh, this episode, I want to uh, go back to that uh, again with you know being too young, too naive. Also, with the fact that Stan heard about this too, and we had a discussion. Uh, two nights ago about it as well. But uh, Puig being late to the home opener. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's one thing. Now, didn't he get like a thumb injury or something? Yeah, he, he yeah. had a thumb injury as well. I think he's out. Yeah, I think he's on the 15-day DL as well. And look, I get what's going on really like i mean he just came, he just came straight from cuba so and you know it's la there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of temptations so and a lot of glamour and all that it, it can easily easily um disillusion someone well the, someone that the other issue i was going to go with is the fact that i've heard that he has kind of a bit of an ego growing yeah, he has a pretty big ego going on right now. Well, uh, 50-50, actually. He yeah. does have an ego, but he does have people that wants to straighten him, and he does listen to certain people. Oh, that's good. I hadn't heard about that. It's just the problem is that... Uh, the speculation, rather. The speculation is that it's mostly like the Hispanic community people. Mm-hmm. So... Adrian Gonzalez one. uh... And I think Hanley Ramirez might be another uh, of players that have that Hispanic thing that connect with him. I mean, he speaks Spanish. What what else are you gonna do? Yeah, we just we just need uh, right. The Dodgers need to have more people just talk to him, straighten him up. Otherwise, otherwise they're gonna have to re- probably gonna have to resort to what I've been saying for the last few months is just to trade Puig. Well, that's and I know. To go back to the last season, I was in that same direction where his ego was starting to to cut to pop up, and I'm like, "Can we just get rid of this ego guy? He's just going to cause trouble." Yeah, and I'm really, yeah. on that too as well. Uh, so I'm glad that we're all in agreement with this. Uh, and I've mentioned- well, I'm more, I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant on it. I mean, I say that I, you know, I want to trade him, but at the same time, it's just, you know, this is his second year, so. I want to say that somebody in the Dodgers community, Dodgers team, anything in the Dodgers overall, just straighten this guy out. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to trade him because the core fact of the matter is that when you look at Dodgers, Quig is not 
the completely not the player that people associate with Dodgers most nowadays. No, uh, not at the all. Player that, the player that the Dodgers, that Dodger fans associate as the face of the Dodgers is Matt Kemp. Yeah. He is, he is the Dodgers. He's, you know, he's the mayor of Dodger Town. Yeah, hell, Clayton Kershaw is probably more representable as Dodgers than Yashio Puig is. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely as well. Uh, here's the thing of Puig. Um, whenever a, a you know younger player is showing that ego thing, my feeling is it's just eventually going to just get out of control. Now, you're, now that's true. I didn't know that there were other members on the team who are like, dude, you got to get your stuff together. You can't be giving this kind of attitude because the Dodgers could just hand you over to the Astros and get someone else. And they can get... Good- Hell, we could hand him back to Cuba if we really wanted to. <laughs> well, why would you do that when we can get some would just better be players? Yeah, I know, I know. That was just, just me being mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, hope so but, bad. you know... I, I, compa- uh, I know how I mentioned when Puig popped up last year, and everybody in the world saying, you know, this is like the Mike Trout of the Dodgers, you know, this is the real I don't guy. think everyone was saying no. that. No, I wasn't saying that. that. That's, that's no, an I, exaggeration I, there, Miguel. I, I've heard it. I've heard it said, like, on ESPN, certain radio saying that, you know, this, you know, this kid is going to be the... The rookie, the guy that's gonna, you know, uh, you know, bring spotlight to to Dodgers, you know, and yeah, he's bringing the spotlight to the Dodgers, but the wrong kind of spotlight. Well, right now he's in a phase, and I think this is really good. This year will tell what's gonna happen with him. If he keeps having the ego and keeps screwing around, you know what? It's not going to need to be the Dodgers getting rid of him because he's going to get in a car accident or he's going to get arrested for drugs or something. And that'll, you know, basically take care of, you know, what we need to... Because they'll basically be the Dodgers going, eh, you're too much trouble. We're handing you off to someone else. Um, and, and But, you know, if, if he does straighten up, that'd be great. And I understand being, you know, an immigrant to America and basically being in that position of, oh, my God, look at all this stuff and all this freedom and all these things I never had in my home country. I get that. Like, that's the cool part about our country. When you compare it to other the countries, especially in like Latin America or the Caribbean, we're like this awesome like future world where you could basically get anything you want. And that's gotta be amazing to people who weren't born here, but the problem is it also can lead to people getting, you know, corrupted, to people making really stupid decisions. And that you know, I, I don't think there's anyone who wants Quig to be a screw up. I think everyone wants Quig to be the great player that he could possibly be. The thing is right now, you know, uh, I was saying last year was his, his testing ground for his what kind of player he's going to be, but you know I, th- I think this one's really going to be the final the final fork in the road. It's, he's either going to be a screw up who thinks he can just party it all and have a huge ego, or he'll be the hard worker who will work to be the star that he could be. And he still can be a great player, just not here. Yeah, he, he might be better off being in a, a smaller neighborhood or a less uh, a less that's glamorous. Glamorous, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Like if he went to Minnesota or something, he'd, he'd probably be fine. You know, heck, send him over to the Red. No, the Red Sox don't really need him, but you know, send him over to the Red Sox or something. Okay. Reds. Reds would be good. Can use him. You know, the Milwaukee can use him. Uh, don't send him to Miami because I mean. Just a hop shot over the to back to Cuba. Well, he's not going to go back to Cuba. No one wants to go back to Cuba. 
But at least he'd be at least in Miami, he would actually have a Cuban community there, which might be good for him actually. Um, but Miami's kind of just as bad as LA in terms of like your debauchery and stuff. Yeah. Kansas City, send them there. Kansas City would be a good one. They they need some good players. They have a beautiful stadium. I love that stadium. Yeah, it's great. Or, or how about the Cubs? I mean, you remember the Back to the Future didn't say the Chicago Cubs would win the 2015 World Series. Yeah, that's true. Well, Back to the Future also said there would be more Jaws movies, so... And hoverboards. And hoverboards. And also Miami being on the American League. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> So, although I, 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 I do back to the future as a reference. Though. Although living in the uh, East now, the self-drying clothing would be kind of nice. <laughs> or self-tying shoes. Or self-tying shoes. Yeah, little little things like that would be actually kind of nice. As a person who has to deal with the rain and the snow and stuff, there's those moments when I just get back in the apartment. I'm like, can my clothes just instantly just dry themselves, please? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um. Once again, you know. A, lot, a whole lot of baseball left to play. This is the beginning of the season. Yeah, we're just the beginning, though. It's it's kind of set. you want to begin with a with a really good beginning, and for the most part, the Dodgers have had a really good beginning. The injuries worry me as they usually do, but you know, honestly, you don't really have to worry too much about your team until after the All Star break. Yeah, and, and that's that's one of the problems of having as many games as we have. But at least it gives our players time to kind of warm up, get their groove going and get the little injuries out of the way now so that hopefully we don't have them when, you know, it would make a bigger impact on a run for the playoffs. Yeah. Or worse yet, getting injured during the playoffs. Right, Yankees? <laughs> uh, and uh, not only that, we get July, the end of July, the 31st. That's a trade deadline, so that's when we'll start seeing teams making their moves. For oh, yeah. The hunt, who's going to be, you know, just trading away their pieces to, you know, become good for next year, and which teams want to play spoiler. Yeah, so there's nothing to really worry about. It's just an interesting seeing how the beginning of the season is really kind of turning out, and God, I wish I could go to a Dodgers game. <laughs> I've been craving a Dodger dog like nobody's business. And... I haven't had one for a while. I've heard some people say they're not as good as they used to be, or you have to go to the right one. Like, you don't go to the boil one. You go to, like, the, the grilled ones. Um, I don't know. I heard grilled ones. I heard grilled ones the better one, better one, though. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That the, the, You go to the grilled... If you get the grilled ones, then it's, they're, they're just as good as they used to be. If you go to the boiled ones, they're a little more meh. Um, which is unfortunate, but they're also, you know... Getting the insane insanity that is the Dodger dog and how large it is. Though at least I'm close enough that I could probably get some cheap seats for uh, Boston and get a Fenway Frank. Which I've heard are, are supposed to be really, really awesome. Though, since I'm on the East Coast, I'm pretty certain they're 50% onion. Because dear God, do they love their onions out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me, me and my stadium foods, man. <laughs> Greatest problem being a foodie. You want to eat everywhere. Yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm just excited for our next homestand for the Angels to come home at, on the 11th. Because tomorrow's a travel day. On the 11th, and we host the Nine Mets. 
The nine Mets. The nine Mets? The nine Mets are Pooh's favorite squadron. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, the other NY team. No, 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 I was trying to remember the Simpsons reference. I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. The nine, yes, because of how I pronounce yeah. the New York. <laughs> like, that was, that was a little esoteric for me. It took me a second to remember that. And considering I'm the guy who quoted police cops earlier today when work was done. Yeah. Oh, police cops, if you're starring character Homer Simpson and his catchphrase. I love the Max Power episode. That is just an awesome episode. Huh. So, I'm looking here. It looks like that um, Dodgers do not play the Yankees. No, this never. They played them last year. We did yeah, play them last year. Season. I checked the whole schedule. They don't play Yankees at all. They play nine Mets, though. Well, not yeah, right, the nine Mets. Season. This season, they don't. I checked it, too. But I was saying, last season, they did play the Yankees. Yeah, we've played them a couple different times. The schedules do change, and whatever. <laughs> you guys get to play them, so have fun with that. Oh, yeah, of course. But hey, if you guys get some wins on them, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it helps Boston out with uh, in the division. Yep. Boston's looking to make some progress again this year there. Huh, this is an interesting thing. Although, ironically, the town still seems way more fired up about the Bruins right now than they are about the Red Sox. Well, this is interesting here. I just want to point out the, uh, the American League East rankings right now. But uh, the three top teams from last year, which were Baltimore, Boston, and the Yankees, are all in last place. While the two other teams in the East, Toronto and Tampa Bay, are in the tops. Hmm. Well, it's still the beginning of the season, and, you know, you get on the train during game day <laughs> about an hour or two before the game starts, and those trains are still packed as all else, so. You know, people are still going to the games, they're still the fans, but it seems like when I go around, I see more little banners and things and shops for the Bruins, so. Well, yeah, Bruins are in the playoffs, so of course. Yeah, so. We'll, we'll get our Red Sox stuff in probably later this year when the Red Sox start to heat up again. Even if they don't, we'll just get it once uh, hockey's over. <laughs> and I don't think the uh, Celtics are in the basketball playoffs last I checked. So, yeah, it looks like the big excitement will be Bruins and then pushing for the Red Sox to do a repeat. And we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of strange to see the top teams at the bottom of their lists. Well, it's just the beginning of the season. It's not like we need to go into a huge in-depth analysis of every team. And really, the only two teams that matter for us are the Dodgers and the Angels. Yes, they are. Well, uh, at least, at least uh, I was about to say, sorry, uh, Yankees fans. Huh? I was about to say, yeah, sorry, Yankees fans, for not going to in-depth about your team. Yeah, really. Sorry, Boston fans, I know you're out there because, you know, Jared, you were there, and I'm pretty sure you put our show out there. Oh, yeah, you'll still see people walking around with the, the jerseys and the jackets on game days. Like I said, there's, there's still love here. It's not like it's not like L.A. where it's like, oh, they're losing? Eh, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> they don't have that. They're, they have the loyalty of the team. I just think the general fervor seems to be like, Bruins, 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 and I'm like, all right. 
But yes, I, I'm lucky I moved here instead of moving to New York or something where I would just have to deal from New York fans being like, hey, you know, the Yankees, they're gonna do good, you know, it's just gonna take some time. And I'm like, shut up. I'm a Dodgers fan. <laughs> like, we, we don't like you. We have old-timey rivalry back when, from when, when we were Brooklyn. We had to deal with all those racist teams back in the day. You know, racist against us. But, yeah, we, you know, just have a little moment there of, like, you're an Angels fan, not a fan of the Yankees. I'm a Dodgers fan, not a fan of the Yankees. And I'm living in a city that's definitely not a fan of the Yankees. So it's like, yeah, Yankees, you're not going to get a lot of love on this podcast. But I will give respect to big players in the game. Well, yeah, and we have, uh, you know, like I said, you get... This would be a rough year for Yankees fans, but, you know, it happens to everyone. I... Do we, we can go back, uh, you know, five, six years for the Dodgers and see what we were doing, you know. It's not like we were, we've been constantly good. We've had some rough years in the early 2000s. Which was nice because that was around the time the Angels were really dominant. So all my friends who were Angels fans were like, yes, Angels. And I'm like, you know, the Dodgers ain't going into the playoffs, so I guess I'm joining up with you guys for some Angels rooting. Which was fun. It's, it's fun being around a bunch of fans of a team, even if it's not your team. I could go to a pub any day, the any uh, during any uh, Sox game, and just get up into it with all the other Sox fans. You know, yeah. I wouldn't mind to find a Dodgers pub around here. I wonder if there is one. Yeah. There's, there's got to be one. Like this town's too diverse to not have a Dodgers pub. I'm just my fears. It's gonna be off like in the middle. It's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta take the red line all the way up to like Braintree, and I go, oh, huzzah. Yeah, I want to take a. 45 minute to hour train to an hour train ride with a couple uh, switches in order to uh, go to a Dodgers bar. Huzzah. If I'm really lucky, it's just one of like the three pubs down the street is a Dodgers one. That just makes my life so much easier. By the way, you know you're in Boston when there's three pubs down the street from you. Yeah. Alrighty then. But yeah, it's, it's been a good show and it's great to have the team back. Good to be back. We have a lot more to talk about because this summer is going to have a lot of fun things. We got the draft. We got we got the playoffs of hockey and basketball. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a good season. Season three is going to be. Not only that, don't forget World Cup in June. Oh heck yeah, World Cup! The only thing that drew people away from E3, like it wasn't any, it wasn't the release of the 3DS that year. Nope, it was the World Cup. That was more important to people. I got my jersey ready. Who are you rooting for, uh, Stan? England, of course. Oh, all right. Cool beans. I don't have a team, per se. I should get one. I will, I, I'll figure it out. I will, I will get all pumped up for some uh, old cop when we get there. But until next time, uh, this is Jared for Stan and Miguel saying that's the game. I could have